Hey guys, welcome to the audio version of the We Transform show. If you wish to see the video of this episode, do click the YouTube link in the description here. A lot of times we are afraid of taking risks because we want certainty, we want guarantees in life. So we want mm. we want to say okay, give me proof that this will work and then I will make take that chance, right? Which is which is yes. fundamentally fundamentally wrong because unless you go and do something, how will you know it will work for you? But almost oh. Almost all of us want proof, want evidence, want guarantees before they do something, and that hmm. just goes inherent against the nature of how things work, right? Alright guys, welcome to the We Transform show, a show where we meet real life transformers and know their stories in the first person because we believe everybody can transform and there is no right or wrong time of transformation. Today our guest is Harsh Johari. Harsh is a man who has mastered the art of navigating through the rough seas literally. He has been the ship's captain with 18 years on high seas and investment banker for almost a decade and now an executive and leadership coach. Harsh has given four TED Talks and inspires us regularly with his insightful content. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Harsh Johari to the show. Hey Harsh, welcome to the show. Thank you Alok, thank you for having and it's a pleasure and honor to be on your platform. Thank you so much Harsh, I'm so delighted that you were able to find time today. I look forward to really speak to you and I keep watching your videos and your content every time you post something on LinkedIn and they are truly inspiring. So thank you for doing that Harsh. Thank you so much for uh, appreciating, thank you. Great. So Harsh, really curious about some things to know from you. So let's get started from your story. So if I ask you, where did your story started? What would be your answer to that? My story started from this, from a single decision I took when I passed out from my 12th standard. And, as, and this goes back mm -hmm. to 1991, you know, I come from a small town in north part of India. Uh, and uh, almost uh, in, during that time, we had only two choices as far as professional career was concerned. Either you become an engineer or become a doctor. And, and I remember I had taken both maths and bio in my 12th standard with the hope that either I'll become an engineer or I'll become a doctor. Okay, uh, but but when the when the moment came in terms of giving competitive exam and planning, I just felt that I don't want to do either of that, and I hmm. wanted to do something different. and And I went ahead and applied for joining uh, Merchant Navy, which was a relatively unknown profession at that point of time, especially from a place I come from. It's a landlocked place. There's, there's no sea around. Nobody in my family had ever seen a ship before, and hmm. I think that's where the story started in terms of. Uh, trying to make a decision against the norm, uh, trying to do something which is contrary to what popular belief is. And then that became okay. a way uh, that became a way of life for me, really. Wow, lovely. In fact, this is so important that, you know, taking that cause. So you had a rebel inside you from the beginning who wanted to do something different. No, I won't say it's a rebel. It was more about the need to be different. So rebel is you, if people are telling you to do something, you're not doing it. And just for the sake of it, this was more about, mm -hmm. yes, I know this should be done, but can I do something different? And I was fortunate okay. enough for my parents to support that decision for me, right? So, so it was not a rebel. Yes. Rebel attitude. it was more an attitude to be different, to be different. 
Wonderful, wonderful. In fact, and it takes courage as well to go against the grain, um, you know, Harsh, because uh, when I was growing and when I was making my choices, the, we also had a very limited time. In fact, I'm also very from a small town. I come from Varanasi in UP. And uh, we had this that either I become an engineer or I do, you know, a couple of other things with the options with me. Medicine was not one of my, uh, you know, was not in my list at, at, at any time. Sometimes you take that courage to go ahead and do something in your life. So 18 years in the seas, you know, 18 years on this world, which is unknown to many of us. I would really like to know from you, Hush, what have you learned? What are some of the highlights of being uh, a captain or being on the ship? There's a lot to talk about, but uh, I think, see, high seas can teach you something which no college education, no MBA course, no corporate job, no training can ever teach, right? Because it, it teaches you real life skills, right? Because when you're out in the middle mm. of the ocean, especially as a captain, you are responsible for the lives of people who are working for you, your crew. You're responsible of millions of dollars worth of cargo you're carrying. You are responsible of millions of dollars of, of ship as an asset, right? So... So it's like a small, yes. small floating enterprise in the middle of the ocean, and it's a huge responsibility, right? So, so, and and when when you are in the middle of the ocean, nobody is going to come and help you. If yes. you encounter a problem, if you have a challenge, if something breaks down, if something is not working, you have to figure out a way on your own. And that is that is a skill so which we learned, right? Saying how do you work in a resource constrained environment? Like when in your corporate job and in in office, if something breaks down, you just call somebody and somebody will come and attend to it, right? You have a hundred and one. Hmm. You have hundred and one people around you who can come and help you, right? Yeah. But but that is that is so, not the luxury you have in the middle of the ocean, right? You you have to figure out things absolutely. on your own, right? So yeah, I mean, you know, in offices, this is, this is what happens. You know, you something breaks down, something is not working. You have a, so many people. There's a system to lean lean on. Correct. But and especially in the ocean, and when you are the captain, you are the highest authority in the order. Who would you lean on? You know, that's a very difficult uh, situation yeah, sometimes. Yeah, and then, so that's that's one big lesson: how to work in a resource-constrained environment, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Then how to make real, real-time, real-life decisions, right? Because, again, you know, on shore you can run through models, you can consult so many people, you can get into calls, you can do all yes. this cons- consensus building to arrive at a decision. But there, when you are in the middle of the ocean where it's a question of life and death and there's a storm coming in ahead of you or something else is happening, you need to make a call at that point of time. So so that requires a lot of uh, your ability to take real-time decisions uh, with the fact that you are going to own that decisions, whether something happens uh, in your favor or does not happen in your favor, you have to be fully accountable and responsible for your decisions, right? So how do you actually get into the habit of uh, taking decisions? Because a lot of time when we are on shore and that's the reason a lot of people are not successful in life because they don't take decisions they shy away and uh, they, yeah, they, they, proca- they, keep, they keep on procrastinating right so that's, that's another skill right i think the other great lesson from high seas was more about something i remember my first ship uh, my captain taught me was around dignity of labor which i write a lot about right okay so when i joined mm-hmm. the ship my first job on the ship was to clean the decks and I was giving a broom, I was giving a mop and saying, start cleaning. And for months and months, we were just doing physically intensive work, which was cleaning decks, chipping, painting, you know, very menial physical labor type of work. Uh, but that was a part of a training. And the training was mm. say, and the training was based on a promise that if you do not know how to do the work, how will you get mm. the work done by your crew when you become an officer? 
right if you do not know how much time it will take how much material it will take how many resources it will take tomorrow when you try mm. to get the same work done by others they can take you for a ride because yes. because you've not never done that right the premise was that mm. if you do not know or not do the physically intensive work you will not really realize how difficult that work is right so so the armchair management is something which you cannot live with in the she sees yeah. and also i i feel harsh it builds another kind of empathy towards the people who are working for you when you have done it yourself uh, you can really empathize as well when it is needed True. Uh, so you get that power as well yeah and if you look at the ship right your ship is a home your ship is a office in in a shore mm. when you work in corporate suppose you don't like anybody you still have to work with them for 8 10 hours and then you go back home mm. to your family so it's not like you are living with them right yes. so, so so you know yes. that i am in the office certain people i like to work with certain people i don't like to work with and that's fine because i'm here only for 8 10 hours after that i'm going to go back to my family and then my life will be normal so i'll have a i'll have very clear separation True. but but on the ship you have these 20 30 people who who are living with you who are working with you so it's like a home and office so, mm. so it's not just about work you also have to adjust to how these people live their lives right what sort of food they eat mm. what sort of clothes they wear what are their likes what sort of movies they see what sort of music they like you know you have to take all this account because right. office and home are in that 200 300 meter length of the ship is is all it is all about right like we have to even care about when i was a captain when you're planning a meals for the crew who likes vegetarian food who likes non vegetarian food who likes how much salt who likes how much that like all these things it's a small but you have to because it is your family then they are, you are staying with them all throughout right? and you in a way become mother and father of the family you are the parent as well and yeah. you are a captain because you have to really take care of everything yeah because when we didn't have any emails and people used to write letters and sometimes it will take months and mm. months for the letters to reach the ship now you could have a crew member who is expecting a letter and that letter has not come and now that person is very disturbed because he's not heard from his family yeah and these old days you know letters will come it may take 15 20 days one month and after that you get a letter and and then you realize that somebody not got a mail people i have people... a question yeah i have a question now this is what one thing i always wanted to ask somebody who has been on the ship hmm. how do letters come on a ship ship is moving from a to b uh, it's in the water how does a letter reach the ship so the way it used to work was your, your family would write letters to your head office which will be a shore office and okay. uh, and that head office will then courier the letters to the next port where the ship is going so the the office okay. will know where ship is going from point a to point b so when so mm-hmm. uh, so they know let's say you are going to point b the the office will will collect all the letter which have come up to a certain point in time and will courier them to mm-hmm. point b so that when the ship reaches there you can receive those letters so it, it will not be directly it will come through a shore office so which means fundamentally this letter system was effective only when the uh, air travel is also available because the flight has to reach earlier for that letter yes, reaches there, right? because the ship is going at its correct or sometimes it could happen that your family sent a letter but the office already sent the mail now it has to wait for the next ah. batch so and in wow. so it used to be you know and then you had value of letters so when you will receive the letters and you could see people are waiting for to receive the letters and greetings and all and and somebody who is not received will be sad because you know absolutely so, so the, i mean so which means that uh, um, getting internet on on water would be such a blessing for people uh, yes, yes. i guess now now it is possible to have maritime uplink and you can connect Correct. Correct. Now I think internet is available. 
this this all on connectivity so the communication much more improved but uh, when i was sailing uh, we didn't have internet as such we did have satellite connectivity so you know we could still connect to the satellite and load and upload the messages mm-hmm. but that's about it. it was the personal connectivity was not there you will still need a was not sa- there you will still need a satellite phone to call home and you know talk to your family and friends amazing thing so harsh this was like 18 years it's almost like a second life you have lived you know in one one way place then mm-hmm. complete transformation to becoming an investment banker how did that occur to you what was that change what was that pivot I mean, see, I always have believed that couple of things. One is we all are born with with a lot more potential than we explore. So this is my strong innate belief. All of us, everybody. Hmm. Uh, but for a variety of reasons, we end up living in a box instead of living outside the box, and we define the limits of the box. So I had this strong belief that I can do a lot more in life, um, but I was not very sure what else to do. All I knew was I want to do something more. So that was the first uh, trigger point, saying yes, I have. I've sailed on ships. I've become a captain. What next? Now I was very mm-hmm. happy sailing on ships. It was a fantastic career. This was taught me so much. But I still had something. That I, so what next? What next? What was the main thing? Which you know that was one thing. Um, the second thing also was that you know a lot of times we are afraid of taking risks because we want certainty. We want guarantees in life. So we want mm-hmm. we want to say okay, give me proof that this will work, and then I will make. take that chance right which is which is yes. fundamentally fundamentally wrong because unless you go and do something how will you know it will work for you but almost oh. almost all of us want proof want evidence want guarantees before they do something and that hmm. just goes inherent against the nature of how things work right true right so so i was very clear that unless i go out and do something i will not know what else i can do so i was very clear that i have to get into this unknown to find hmm. something and i was very clear that okay. I, nothing will come to me on its own so so that those two thoughts were there so i, I so inherently i developed a, a fairly risk taking attitude saying let me go out there and see what else i can do so mm-hmm. this need of change was more to do something different be somebody different see what else can i do what is my potential right and and more about challenging mm-hmm. right challenging saying okay i've done this what next was a question what's yeah, next yeah i think that's a question very true because i always believe that our lives should be full of stories yeah i have always been a firm believer that at the age of 60 i should have enough stories to tell to my kids and grandkids incredible yes and and that's such a collection and such such a wealth of one can acquire i i have read about um, uh, that whole journey towards the south pole which is through uh, mr sackleton and his story in the sackleton's mm-hmm. way and i was so thrilled about the whole the way they take call and the way they decide to what to do and taking everybody along with them is such a courage and then deciding on leaving a mission because of uh, because life of people is more important than the mission mm-hmm. are, are some amazing things you learn in your journey and again as you said that so many of us are stuck on that point that uh, can i be assured of that this change will be successful or this just this change or this new thing will be uh, working for me or not and we never prototype we never take chances we just be where we are and that's the i guess the biggest roadblock in any transformation so yeah. i guess that curiosity and this is inside you which has really helped you in that go, change and I, and i i now want to challenge everybody saying go back and look at your life what is that in your life which has guarantees what is that is there anything which has surety and guarantee in life even if you put Absolutely your money not. in the bank deposit the deposit rates are down now 
right so <laughs> so so there is nothing really where which can be guaranteed really but still we seek certainty right and and that that's a exactly. fundamental mistake we make very true so harsh this is amazing to know that uh, you know what was inside you which made you take this pivot uh, but i see you also speaking a lot about change and i have heard you tedx talk as well and you speak a lot about change change has been very very close to your heart why change why have you chosen change over everything else uh, see it as i said start, the, the starting point of my story was a different decision a change in direction in terms of what what i wanted to do versus what others do right but when i went on to work on shapes uh, change was the way we used to live you know imagine a ship right every 6 month we would go on a new ship the ship will be different mm. the crew will be different um, the cargo will be different the stakeholders will be different we'll go to different ports now imagine mm. the same thing in a shore of in a corporate job every 6 month you have to change your office every 6 month your team members will change every 6 month your stakeholders will change everybody will change every 6 months now how 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 big a struggle it will be that every 6 month you have to adjust to a new environment but that is what how we used to operate on ships we used to so change change was not a necessity mm. or need it was just a way of life because we knew the next time it will be a different ship the crew will be completely different we'll go to different mm. ports my my cargo owners will be different my my uh, my stakeholders custom immigration everybody will be different so i will never have the same set environment mm. around me at any given time so for 18 years we i was i lived a life where change was the way of life it was not a need necessary it was just the way we used to work that was the only way so i i wow. so i became very passionate i said okay and and then you evolve yourself saying okay i don't i don't know what the ship will be who the crew will be. i mean not know anybody but i still be able to run it so then it becomes a mindset that i am i'm ready for embracing change all the time so then i so that's why yes. i that's why i coined this term saying uh, people say change is constant and i say change is not constant change is a constant and there's a big yes, okay there's a big mm. difference when you say change is constant big versus difference. change is a constant change is a constant means that change is a given condition it is bound to happen mm. it will happen yes. and if you just understand that change is a and constant which means it is going to happen whether you like it or not so that's why i'm very passionate about speaking with change and then of course changing from shipping to to investment banking was a big change you know because you come from a command and control structure a very hierarchical setup to mm. a flatter shore mm. organization then changing from a corporate career to having my own consulting as a coach that was again a major shift so if you see these changes are not straightforward mm. easy changes to make and that's why i exactly. speak a lot yes. because i have done that i live it i believe in it i have and again not everything has worked in my favor so i, I have my own failure i have my own learnings but i still want to change beautiful i guess that's an amazing uh, attitude towards life harsh because as you said that change is a constant and how you you have made change a part of life a habit now that is where the whole uh, learning is hidden because we are so resistant to it we really like to be in our own comfort zone so we everybody speaks about these things but see the truth is that we are we are made that way and we are made that way because evolution has happened this way you know if we are safe on a tree or in a cave what was the point going out and getting hunted okay, this so is that, how the evolution happened and i guess that that what made us so comfortable with the whole idea of not changing anything which is working already 
but now we are not living in the cave of course there is no Correct. risk like getting hunted so this mindset is something which is there to help us to do those things which we are meant for yeah and that's why i say people don't change so there is a resistance to change right and why is that resistance people don't change because of two reasons either the the pain is not high or the gain is not high hmm so i'll repeat Big, people yes. don't people don't change because the pain is not high or the gain is not high now what do i mean by that so you spoke about comfort comfort zone means that wherever you are it's familiar area you're in your comfortable safe secure there's no effort which means you're not feeling any pain you are you're okay with your current condition so yes. the pain or discomfort you are having if at all is bearable only when mm. you push to the limit when the pain become unbearable this is where you uh, go for like i give an example of a toothache right let's say in the morning you wake up with a small toothache right and okay. and, and you ignore it you uh, you know ignore it and you don't do anything about it which means it is the pain is mm. bearable then by afternoon the yes. toothache increases now you are having difficulty in eating food you are now not mm. able, the pain is increasing now you are not able to talk properly in the meetings and by evening it becomes unbearable and yeah. and only then is when you visit a dentist not in the morning <laughs> so yes. the, so the pain was not high hence you did not visit the dentist right, right. but right. Uh, such a such an impactful example and i guess those who are listening to it should know that you know sometimes even with a symptom if we act at the right time the loss is less in fact this has happened uh, you know harsh uh, covid 19 has shown a change of a different kind in the lives of many people you know uh, in our lifetime we were not not expected a pandemic of this scale uh, hmm. and nobody was kind of ready for it but you know of course there are two kind of people again those who were not ready for any kind of change those who were like okay you know i'll let the change come in we'll see we'll we'll do something about it i guess mm-hmm. uh, the later had a fairly good time because they were kind of ready to kind of uh, spin and roll with the whole landslide instead mm-hmm. of just sticking to where you are you get crushed you get crushed True. if you uh, don't move and don't change in these times so i mentioned about pain is not high the other thing which again most of us miss is the the gain part and it is important mm. because a lot of times we are caught in our lives day to day life so much that we do not know that what what is out there mm. so people don't reflect on two questions what will happen to me if i continue to be the way i am so they don't they don't see how the life would be after 10 years 20 years so they don't see the pain part the other thing which we do not see at all and most of us don't see that is what could be the gain that if i am able to change myself if i am able to change the way i work or operate or live my life what possibilities i can create and this is where almost none of us actually visualize the type of future we want so the gain is not even you know available for us to examine actually and those who do uh, when they experiment and they go and adventure out and they see what is coming they get astonished they get thrilled uh the quantum of growth can be much higher than we all expect and as you rightly said we don't visualize these things and that you know stops us where we are because what we do is we put the we put the doing before the being so let me do do yes. do 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 things eventually this will help me get somewhere but yes. it should work other way around where do i want to go that should mm. determine what i need to do 
but we walk other way around we walk other way we say let me do this do this do this with the hope that i will reach somewhere yeah so and you know we makes ourselves happy that bahut kaam kar rahe hain i'm working really hard so hmm. things are going right you know it's not going south but again where is the vision uh, where are you going of course you're doing something but what is it for so these things are when they're not clear definitely they won't make uh, the journey more exciting i guess uh, nobody else can tell you than a captain of a ship because destination is a very very important thing in wayfinding and navigating i guess it's yeah, very very important yeah we used to encounter storms in the middle of the ocean but our destination would still be very the same right so while you are navigating yes. maneuvering around the storm evading the storm but you still know i have to reach that point so every action i yes. will take has to still be in line i might have to take a detour i may have to change direction but eventually i have to come back i still know that my destination is there because i have cargo i have to deliver there i cannot go anywhere else so my is very true very true yeah. what an analogy harsh i i was you look at this you know uh, no yeah you can take a detour there can be a break there can be anything and in life as well things will happen out of nowhere unplanned unstructured something like a covid 19 Uh, but you won't leave the whole destination because you have to deliver something there uh, and that's a beautiful uh, beautiful example i think i should write a post on this in linkedin very soon <laughs> great so harsh one more thing i do is that i i speak to a lot of people on transformation uh, it's been very very close to my heart but i really find that a lot of us are are you know stopping at this whole small limiting belief in the mind that you know they are not good enough or they are not uh, probably this is not meant for them and i heard you speak a lot about growth mindset so i, I want you to share something on that side that how can growth mindset help help somebody who has identified there is something to change i need to change don't know what and maybe not gathering enough courage to go ahead and do that so there are two things right a, fi- a person with a fixed mindset has a very uh, deterministic view of the world right they believe this is how things should operate or this is how i operate mm. and this is only this is what i can achieve in my life right so it's a very very fixed way of operating right within certain parameters mm. right a person who has a growth mindset says okay i know there is a particular way but this does not mean this is the only way i can learn i can mm. evolve i can develop i can achieve all this goes back to i think somewhere it goes back to your intrinsic level of motivation you have because i mm. have a, i have a strong believer that if you truly want to get something you will get it and 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 a simple example you can take let's say you have to you have to board an early morning flight even if there is no alarm you will still wake up on time and and take that flight even yes. if you, it i can guarantee you must have happened in your life some early morning Many train times. some early flight you have to take even when days there were no alarm you would still be able to get up on time to reach the airport or reach the station on time and board that flight or train right because you had a start had something more I had a funnier than that incident to tell you many times when something was super critical, like some early morning workshops as well. Mm. Uh, I have otherwise I never wake up normally, you know that that fast. I have woken up a minute, exactly a minute before the alarm goes off, mm. and it has always happened. It ha- magically. It happens to me. I set up a let's say six o'clock alarm. I'll get up at exactly same. I'll get up almost exactly six maybe sometimes without the alarm. So so mm. when you want something inherently, very strongly, you want. They, you will make sure nothing comes in the way. You will make sure, not anybody else, not the mm. world or the universe. You will make sure nothing comes in the way. And when you don't yes. want anything so strongly, you will make sure everything comes in the way. And that again goes goes back to my point of pain or gain. If by mm. if if in trying to do something the gain is not enough, then you mm. will try to figure out a way. You know, something will keep on coming in the way. Life will happen. 
But if yes. that gain is so strong hmm. that I that no come what may I am going to still achieve it, then you will not allow anything right. come in the way. So again, I I strongly believe the growth mindset is also tied to the pain and gain theory. That if I want to grow, if I want like a lot of times I am not sure what I want to achieve next, uh, but growth mm-hmm. is in my mind. Like like you spoke about TEDx, uh, I had never given a public speech before uh, till last year. Okay. I have never been a public stage. I have not even thought about it. Uh, okay. And then once one fine day I said, why not? And uh, and then I gave my first speech. Then I got invited to second, third, and fourth event. And it just wow. happened a span in a in a span of six months, really, right? So when I wanted to do something, okay. I I made up a mind. I said, why not? And then, as I said, mm. being has to come before doing. So I want to be a TEDx speaker. Okay, now let me see what I need to do. I need to connect. What I need, I need to, to do. Apply. I need to practice my speaking, public speaking, whatever it is. You know, then then everything falls in line with that. I heard your TEDx talk, and it looks like you're a professional who has been speaking for years. And so the preparation which you have done has really worked. Yeah. So I worked a After lot. The mindset was right. Yeah, because I I wanted I wanted it to happen. You know, mm. that's what I'm saying. If you want something, uh, then you will you will come from a growth mindset space. When you really don't want it so to, so strongly, then invariably you will always put these these boundaries or limitation from your own side. You will let mm. things come in 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 between uh, between you and your goal, and you will allow that to happen. And when you are strongly believing something, nothing will come in your way. Beautiful. I think the lesson which I take here is that. uh what comes between you and your success or your future is actually you so when yeah. you sort it out uh, when you sort it out in your head and you really want it uh, you will figure out figure it out and it always happens with small things in life if you really want to eat something be it a midnight we'll go and figure it out where it is available we we'll go for it we'll we'll get the things done which are really really critical um that's that's a golden nugget uh, harsh thanks for sharing so harsh what are you doing now uh, how are you serving and helping people so Tell i currently yeah that. i currently work as an executive leadership coach i primarily coach cxos and cnc minus 1 level leaders i coach them in in the practice of change management so whenever a senior leader is going through a change Uh, it could be a personal change whether it's a it's a new role new function new job uh, new promotion or a leader is managing a change in an organization let's say going to a new market developing a new business taking over a new team that's why i help the leader in in change management so whether so i help leaders in in managing and driving change in in the, in the organization that's my current i i also work as a mm-hmm. career coach so i coach a lot of senior professionals when they want to uh, make transitions in their careers from one career to another i help them in that process as well wonderful and you have a wonderful story to share because you have transitioned multiple times in your life yeah so as i said so how should if uh, yeah no as i said you know whether it's coaching or whether it's leadership coaching or or career coaching it is all coming from what i have actually done so it's not learned in a classroom mm. it's not it's not theoretical you know as a captain as i said you know leadership lessons what the seas will teach you no classroom can teach you right so when i'm talking yes. when i call when i'm talking about leadership or crisis management uh, i have done that right when i'm talking about change i've done that when i'm talking about career transition i've done that so i talk more from my experiences what is work for me what is not work for me and th- that's how i help my clients incredible and harsh if somebody wants to look you know follow you and you know, find you how can we reach you uh, what are your what are the ways to reach you 
I mean, I think LinkedIn is the best place to connect with me. I, you know, I regularly post. So best way to connect, best way to see what I do, best way to see how I can add value. And- uh, so guys, do follow Harsh because he shares incredible content very, very regularly on LinkedIn, which is very, very inspiring. So we would definitely love my audience to follow Harsh and uh, learn from him on a daily basis. So Harsh, thank you so much for joining this show. I'm really happy and delighted that you find time today. And I'm happy that you shared so many uh, important nuggets of leadership, of change, of growth mindset with our audience today. Thanks a lot for joining. No, it's it's a great pleasure. Thank you so much for having me here, and uh, great to interact with your with your platform as well as your audience. And I hope they like it. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. <laughs> Thank you, Harsh. Thanks a lot. Yeah, wish you all the best. Thank you a lot. Bye bye. Yeah.